Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is a solutions-oriented podcast and live radio show. Each broadcast, we dedicate just about 30 minutes to explore topics of interest for leaders and professionals in education and a variety of other disciplines. And this is your host, Brian Perkins. So good evening, everyone. Uh, Thank you all for listening wherever you are. Uh, I have a conversation that I we're going to jump right into it today because I do not want us to run out of time. I'm excited to be with someone who's a coach and a consultant. Uh, she's going to share a little bit about her work on this topic of training your brain. And I know today, for those of you who may have seen on LinkedIn, I did a post and I, I threw a teaser out there about uh, whether or not you knew what emotional anchors are. So part of her work uh, has to do with emotional anchors. Uh, she really is someone who works with organizations and other companies uh, to help them navigate change, but also individuals. Uh, so I'm I'm just glad to have this conversation and introduce you to Lauren St. George. Welcome, Lauren. Hi, thank you so much. Well, glad you could join us. And I know, um, you know, you have been doing a a great deal of work working with companies. I think it's fascinating also working with individuals uh, and helping them to navigate change. You know, a lot of times we think about uh, navigating change and, and, and many times it is related to companies that go into a different direction. And so, of course, there are specialists and experts that come in and help them figure out how they're going to rebrand or how they're going to uh, change a product or or go into a new line of work. And so it's pretty common. I want to talk about also the way you work with individuals, not just necessarily in a uh, a business sense or a professional sense, but I, I, I have seen where you help people just overcome what you describe as big, hairy challenges and come up with solutions. So I'd love to hear first how you got started doing this work. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think it's a really a, a amalgamation of, of life experience, and I think many of us have, have kind of you know journeyed along our road and things present themselves. And so I think this has really become that co- uh, culmination of the work that I've done with businesses, uh, a master's degree that I got a number of years ago in creativity, which is not the ability to, to draw or paint, but it's really the uh, ability to solve challenges. Um, it's the science behind how we solve challenges. And so I brought that into the business world, and then I found that the, the methods that I use and the methods in the business world work equally well for individuals. Um, and so I, I started to work with people on how to figure out what they want to do next in their life and have used those, those methodologies to, to get to that place of really helping people think in new ways. Um, because if we keep answering the same question, we're just going to get the same results. And so, right. you know, the, the methods that we use for innovation to do disruptive thinking, to really come at things from different angles, I think has worked equally well for, for individuals. And so Indeed. that kind of, you know, brought it all together. Sure, 
Sure. Well, you know, I, um, I it certainly resonates with me when you're saying that uh, about using the same methods. Uh, I, I don't know who it's really attributed to, but we've heard that um, that uh, doing the same thing and expecting different results is insanity. I, I think that mm-hmm. we make that mistake a lot, uh, and and really looking for. Uh, solutions is important. People have been using the word innovation a lot. It's almost lost its oomph, if you will. We 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 hear people say, "Oh, we're looking for innovative solutions or even creative solutions." Tell me, tell me what that looks like in your the some of the work you're you're doing when we talk about individuals that present with with challenges, what are, what are some of the challenges you're helping people work with, work through, I should say, and, and what, what is it that innovative solutions look like? Absolutely. So I typically am working with people who are going through some kind of a transition in their life. It's those major pivotal moments when we tend to ask that question of what's next. And so I, I work with people who are looking to make career changes, um, they're looking towards maybe retirement and they want to figure out what does that look like. Uh, it could be after divorce, they become an empty nester. It's, it's, it's these major points in our life, we all have them, um, where we look, we kind of take, take a look at, uh, at our life, we take stock and we go, well, well, really, is this what I want? And maybe I want to come up with something that's different. And mm-hmm. so when I talk about innovation in in the individual sense and away from businesses, it's really a mindset shift because uh. we are so programmed to believe that um, we've got to get it right the first time, right? It's where that fear of failure comes from, that if yeah. I don't get it right the first time, then then why would I even try? Or mm-hmm. just a fear of, of taking that first step. And so for me, an innovative mindset when it comes to living your own personal life, you're not obviously trying to create products and services, but how do you shift your mindset to really look at some at that next step uh, as an opportunity to try something and to learn from it and iterate on it and try it again, right? Like the, the Dyson vacuum cleaner didn't come on the market the first time. I think the advertiser talked about 500 prototypes. Mm. If we only put something out into the world once, and got negative feedback and never tried again, then, you know, then we're not using an innovative mindset. We're, we're being mm-hmm. defeatist. And so, you know, in my program, we really, you know, we're trying to get towards uh, helping people go from being stuck to having a very clear plan of what they want to do next. But it's just as much about the mindset piece of that, which is if the plan doesn't work, change the plan. Uh, it's not right, set in right. stone. Um, but as long as you can, you can try something, you can learn from it, and you can iterate and try it again. Um, and we shift it to being more, um, you know, exploratory, more playful. Then people can, can get away from feeling um, really scared of failing. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and that can be dramatic in terms of how it changes people's perspective. Mm-hmm. So mindset shift is really difficult. And and so I know you have a part of what your program is in terms of what next that you use some brain science and that uh, you you have the, you've, this phrase that you use around training your brain 
Um, tell mm-hmm. me what's at the, the core of what you what you suggest about training your brain and why that's important. Well, I think at the end of the day, uh, it's realizing that our brains are a tool. And they either work for us or they can work against us. And, and I'm by no means a neurologist or a you know a psychologist, but I think for most people who aren't dealing with uh, brain injuries or needing you know additional therapies or medication, for those are, who are who are just you know who are dealing with life, um, there's there's this understanding that it, it, if you can train your brain, you can put it into a place of really helping you to get to your goals. And so the first step is certainly being aware that we have this internal voice um, that can be a naysayer. It can really shoot down ideas. It can, it can put us in a position of not wanting to try something new. And that's because evolutionarily, we were designed that way. Our brain is there to keep us safe. And so it doesn't want to break patterns. It wants to run on autopilot. It's really trying to keep you in the safest place possible. And so we're not being chased by woolly mammoths anymore. So when anything presents itself as threatening, our brain is there to either go into fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And so I think to me the first step is, is understanding that your brain is going to try and keep you safe, but safe doesn't always mean growth. It doesn't, yeah. you know, you have to step out of your comfort zone to really get to that next level. And so if you can quiet the naysayer and you can build in a whole bunch of things that are there to help support you, you're that much more likely to be successful. Yeah. And so yeah. I believe... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead, please. I was going to say, I believe that it starts with curating really what goes into your brain. Um, yeah. And that can be... What you read, what you listen to, what you watch, what what your you know the conversations you're having, the people that are around you. Um, if you start curating what goes in, you can create a much more positive sort of fertile place where mm-hmm. ideas can flourish instead of be you know uh, dwindled and, and put aside. Right, right. And for for people who have been listening over the past year, it must be a theme of what's out there in the universe because we've heard this uh, more than once. And I think there's somebody out there that probably is going to sit up and really listen. Like I've heard this several times now that as we're talking about what some of the challenges really are about accomplishing uh, the uh, things like uh, – as a leader, uh, it often starts with having the right mindset uh, to do that. And that uh, many times we talk ourselves out of the success of, of what's next. Right. And what, what I, what I think about, and I think is I'd love to hear more about the program itself in what's next. But what I think is really fascinating is the idea that, it what is so difficult about what's next is just that it's unknown in a lot of cases and so what what what's going to happen the fear associated with as you you mentioned different life events is that it's uncharted territory and that's a place where leaders often are asked to guide the rest of the organization right that they say mm-hmm. that, that you have to go in it. So it's really important for leaders to have the kind of tools and and skill sets associated, but certainly mindset that get 
not only um, that make them able to move on to what's next, but also people within the organization. So would you say uh, most of your work is with leaders or people who are in leadership roles that are, are trying to move uh, to the next, the next levels? Yes. I mean, typically the people who who find me tend to be, uh, tend to be mid to senior level. Um, they are, you know, 40 plus they've, they've reached a certain point in their life where, um, where they're making different decisions, but it's not to say I haven't, I haven't worked with people that are, I think right now I've, <laughs> I've gone from about 26 year olds up to 82. So we've really spanned the gamut of, of, of different uh, periods in one's life. Um, but I think we're all, yes, as you said, I think we're all hit this period of, of unknown um, and unknown can be really scary. Ambiguity can be really scary. And so, um, you know, my my program is designed to really help people get out of that place. Um, mm-hmm. and you start from a place of feeling stuck and unsure mm-hmm. and unclear as to what's next, and and we work towards getting to that place of clarity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, what are some of the things? I know it's a it's a, a proprietary program that you you say is very engaging, but give me an example of what you do to help people. So the first thing I do is it's run it's run as a as a group coaching um so it's a it's a each each session is um each group is a cohort and it's about seven to four to seven people because I found that that's a, a really good number of people um it's immediately powerful because you've got accountability um you're showing up for yourself but you're showing up for everyone else um people are coming in with different life experiences and expertise so you've now got you know, more brains in the room that are there to help you solve challenges. And so that, you know, what you said earlier about if you, if you keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. Um, so this is really about bringing more, more thought leadership into the room. And the more that you're prepared to share, the more you're going to get back. Um, so you've got a sounding board. You've also got a community of people that are going through a similar experience. So it's really empowering for people to know that they're not doing it alone. Um, mm-hmm. That they're not—they're not the only ones feeling that way, right? You're in a group of people who are all kind of feeling the same way. You might be on different journeys or, or working towards a different outcome, but you're just—you're feeling some of those things, and that's really, mm-hmm. I think, reassuring to know that you're not alone. So that's yeah. where we start, and then it's a six-week program. So each week is really dedicated towards getting to specific goals. So we go week one is about reacquainting yourself with yourself with yourself um you know as we as we go through life as we have careers and families and spouses and uh and significant others we take on uh different things and it's not those are not bad but along the way sometimes we forget about the things that are important to us because we're now doing joint things that are important to the family so Mm -hmm. it's about reminding yourself about the things that you once were passionate about what your strengths are what your interests are um and and really starting from that place week two is about figuring out what your big question is um, and again, back to that analogy, if you ask the wrong question, you're going to get the wrong answer. So we spend a lot of time figuring out what that question is that you want to spend the rest of the time answering. For some mm-hmm. people, it's around career. It's around, I've had people go, go uh, with things like, I want to get my mojo back. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, mm-hmm. we play with, we play with, with language and how do we, how do we articulate it in a way that it's really going to inspire you to solve it yeah. and going to brain, brainstorming. 
uh, and we use the group for that. And that, that's where really the power of the group shows itself um, because we're helping each other, we're coming up with ideas. And that's where the bigger, the bolder, the, the more blue sky, the better because you can always rein an idea in. It's harder to make it big. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go through a process of uh, whittling down those ideas, really deciding on the ones that make the most sense based upon criteria that we set at the beginning. Um, and ultimately, you're going to come out with a step-by-step plan as to how you're going to put, put that into action. The exciting thing is that people, once they actually have dedicated their time to just thinking about themselves, which we don't often do, really put concentrated time towards thinking about our next step, they start to work on things before the program is even done. And so I've had people having successes before they've even finished the six weeks. So they start to put things into action before then. So it helps. It really helps with, with breaking through some of that fear. We talk a lot about mindset um, because I want people to come out with not only a, a plan, but really um, the m- motivation and momentum to keep it going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I could imagine a lot of your feedback um, has been positive because you're you're really uh, probably serving as a mirror in some ways, right? To help people see, not necessarily just tell them what to do, but to help them see uh, what what is being reflected out. Absolutely, uh, I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's your life, um, yeah. but I'm I'm there absolutely as a mirror. I'm there to ask provocative questions, um, but but. Certainly, the people in the program are doing, are doing the work for themselves because you know yeah. it's, it's, it's your life and it's your next step. Yeah, and that's one of the, I always found it fascinating that the right questions can get to the right answers as if they were already because they're already there. The answers are there uh, within the people who are making the best decisions for themselves, right? And and so you just sometimes it is just asking questions and getting them to say, um, this is what I want. And and so move move forward from there. Uh, these are these are my expectations or or whatever. Um, it is it is really a fascinating uh, thing when you're when you're helping people in that way. Um, so I know that you you have and this is one of the uh, main reasons I wanted you to come on and talk to me um, was that I read an article that you wrote, a very brief article about describing uh, this, this, the existence of what you, dis- you uh, have labeled emotional anchors. And, mm-hmm. and the power of that seems to be, based in positive psychology. Uh, it could be wrong, but it, it seems like it's in that area. Uh, but I, so share with me how you use that and, and what it is. I mean, I, I, I've read the article, but I know there are people out there that have it, but would love to know what, what is it that these things you're calling emotional anchors and how, how you suggest that people use them. Because I see an immediate application for people who are in leadership roles, not just everyone, but I just mm-hmm. almost want to say, mm-hmm. especially leaders, people who are, who are <laughs> leaders in leadership roles. But please explain to us what, what emotional anchors are and how you suggest people use them. Absolutely. So, um, 
you know, we started off by talking about the, the fact that you can train your brain. Um, yeah. I, I really look towards things where I can help people hack their brain. Um, and, and, and I really look for things that are simple because if they're not simple, we're not going to do them. Our lives are right. busy enough um, that we're not going to do things. So uh, the definition, and, and I did not come up with this, but, but I do teach it because I think it's important. Um, the definition of a, a, an emotional anchor is it's a smell, a song, a thought, a taste, or tactile sensation that triggers a positive or a negative memory or emotional response. So people naturally have those in their life. But what I think is really interesting is that you can create them. Um, so an example, most of us have a hype song. There is a song that you have in your life that you probably belt out in your car when no one else is listening, um, and it really gets you excited <laughs> and positive and, and, and yeah. you know, builds, builds you up. Now, you can use that hype song to not only just sing it in the car, but if you were actually to use that hype song to get you into that positive frame of mind before you go into a really big presentation or a meeting, you're yeah. coming in in a much more powerful, confident yeah. state that you can then use. Now, if that meeting, which I'm sure it'll go well if you've played that hype song right before you've gone into it, when that meeting goes well, you've now like supercharged that song because the next time you use it, not only is it going to put you in that positive place, but you're going to remember the time before where you were really successful and it's going to help you be that much more successful the next time. Absolutely. The important thing, or, or, the important thing is not to overplay that song. So only keep it then for, for those times when you really need it because you don't want to drain it of, of its power. But but that's a that's an easy example of how you know how you can use it in your life. Um, another another way. So if you're thinking about all of your senses, um, you can also anchor emotionally anchor to an image. Um, mm. I, I did it years ago. Um, I, I really love the beach. My family goes down to the beach a lot. Um, I started spending time just sitting on the beach at sunset and would meditate, would look at the ocean, would just have some time by myself. I did that over a number of nights. And then on one evening uh, at sunset, took a photograph. What happened was that kind of feeling of, of being in a calm, tranquil uh, place within myself, um, I actually anchored to that photograph. So mm. now I don't have to go sit on the beach. I can look at that photograph and I'm instantly put back into that sort of tranquil, calm place. So I've, I've created yeah. an anchor to that image, mm -hmm. which, you know, you can do in a, in a whole variety of ways. Um, and then another one that's, that's really interesting is your smell. Your sense of smell is actually your strongest memory um, because of how it, it goes straight into your olfactory bulb and then directly connects to the amygdala and the hippocampus, yeah, which is where you absolutely. process emotion and then create memories. So yeah. this, this, that explains why smell can often be one of your strongest triggers to, to intense emotion. <laughs> so um, one of the best examples I've heard of that was, uh, you know, being really uh, specific about the smell that you use, say, at, at the altar when you're getting married. Um, because you, when you smell that again, it's going to transport you to a time that was, you know, was a really positive, exciting, loving mm -hmm. moment in your life, and mm -hmm. that you can re-access that by smelling it again. Um, certainly, you can do that with with creating, you know, being very specific about a scent that you use at a, at a moment in time. Um, I, I've, I've had it within my life with with, with perfume. 
Um, so if you're very intentional about when you introduce a new smell, um, you can connect that smell to uh, an emotion, a place in time, uh, an event that happened in your life. And, and so I think just by, by being mindful of, of when you can create these or how you can use them um, allows you to get yourself uh, almost instantly uh, to, a, to a mental state that you want to be in. Um, yeah. and so that's that's why I think their emotional triggers are oh, sorry emotional anchors are really important. Wow, that that is uh, thank you. Those are really helpful um, strategies and and tools. I, I had no idea that uh, the hype song uh, was so widely used. Uh, interesting thing, and one of the classes I teach is an introduction to leadership and decision making. And um, at the beginning of the class, we asked them, and they don't know why, but we asked them to um, to uh, give us their hype song. And for some people, they know immediately what we mean. And then others, mm-hmm. they we have to explain, here's what your hype song is. And so hands down, everyone has one. I have, I have not yet run into a student <laughs> who does not have a hype song. And so at the end of the class, we, um, we, we test to see uh, how well they know each other, and we play the songs and say, okay, whose who's, uh, song is this? And we go through all through the class, and sometimes they get them right and say, oh, that's got to be so-and-so song. But but the the point though is that hype songs are definitely I, I love the fact that it's a real strong acknowledgement that this you can you can uh, get yourself up for situations that may be challenging. Uh, I think about uh, just about everyone has the same reaction to the theme song for for Rocky. Uh, if you've seen mm-hmm. the movie, you know, the, the theme song for Rocky, everyone knows that this is, you know, overcoming adversity and and being being successful, even though the odds are against you that you're going to you're going to win. And so you hear this and it and it uh, it works. And I've heard a lot of people say that about that song. So that's really uh, uh, fascinating to to hear real confirmation for me, but one that I think people use in different ways. Um, you mm-hmm. mentioned about smell, but also if you think about the way people use things like uh, smell, but also taste um, that mm-hmm. to associate food or really, or sweets. Uh, I've seen people who've also uh, when they're doing, they're delivering news in some way. They they give people uh, different. They 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 create a setting, and and if it's going to be around promotions, uh, I think they've used food in that way. Uh, they've used mm-hmm. uh, food to help people re- have a positive outlook on even a presentation that's been given. So the fact that they give candy or chocolates away and people have a very positive, they remember the, they remember the, the taste before they actually remember the experience. They remember that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's something that you can use strategically. You don't have to use it 
accidentally. That's something you can plan. And I think that's why I was saying for emotional anchors that being deliberate and, and, and strategic also about doing those as a leader can, can be beneficial to you. Yeah, and another reason why hype, hype songs work so well is because your body actually biologically that can't tell the difference between when you're when you're anxious um, mm. or nervous about something versus when it's excited. So mm-hmm. why not use if you're anxious about or nervous about doing a presentation, why not use a hype song and rather get yourself into a place of being excited before you go yeah. into doing something? Yeah. And to yeah. the point of smell. Uh, you know, hotels have been doing it for a while now. They have oh, their yeah. signature scents. So any yeah. time you go in, you're reminded of hopefully a positive experience you had at a previous hotel stay. So, you know, smells certainly been around for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Even the, the sound effects that, uh, you know, NBC or other you know, stations use before you go into shows, all of that is, you know, around programming ourselves to go back to an emotion. So they're they're very powerful. Yes, absolutely. Well, listen, Lauren, thank you so much. You've really added to me. I want to give you an opportunity that uh, I'm sure there are people who want to uh, get a sense of some of the work that you're doing. Are there uh, social media handles or email addresses, anything you want to share uh, along with books and articles that you might want to share with people where they can find you and, and read, continue to read about your work? Absolutely. Um, thank you. So you can you can find most of this through answerwhatsnext.com. That's my website. On the website, if you'd like to schedule a call with me, I'm, I'd love to speak with you um, and find out more about my, my program or even one-on-one coaching. There's uh, also ability to sign up for my newsletter. We put out a, a weekly newsletter with a lot of this, this really great stuff to help people um, stay motivated to really maximize on, on all your goodness. And then uh, I also have an upcoming event section where quarterly I do uh, a free two-hour workshop for people uh, who want to set goals um, for the next year, the next quarter. Um, so for anyone who's interested in signing up for that, they can do that as well. So, yeah, answerwhatsnext.com is where you can find me. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks again, and um, looking forward to uh, continuing to follow the great work that you're doing. And so until we see that, go well, stay well. Thank you. You too.